0: Welcome to The Mountain Gardener with your host, Ken Lane. Gardening can be challenging, but with Ken's tips, tricks, and local advice, you'll reap huge rewards. Now welcome your host, Ken Lane.
1: And you have tuned in to The Mountain Gardener, your host, Ken Lane, here every week talking about the landscapes of northern Arizona. And we are in the thick of it. We had some rain I watched a thunderstorm skirt our house, our gardens, and hit uh, Chino Valley, Williamson Valley, that area. I was disappointed. We got nothing. I saw another uh, storm. We're we're overlooking the Dells up in the Prescott Lakes above the high school area. And uh, saw one just flashing over Dewey, Humboldt, uh, Prescott Valley. They got dumped on. I heard they were getting well in excess of of an inch, inch point seven Or more. Closer to two inches of rain out there in the last week. Amazing. We had nothing. And so we finally got some. We have have 0.66 inches of rain at our house and our our specific gardens, which is kind of nice. Now, as you look at that rain gauge or as you see the moisture show up, um, an, an inch of rain will penetrate approximately six inches of soil. And so you're starting to hydrate uh, the earth at that point. So I got 0.66 inches and it will go down about, oh, three or four inches into the soil, something like that. And so it's 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 good, but it's not out of the drought. It's not going yet. So I have not scaled back my irrigation yet. I'm, I'm keeping it going. So I'm watering those trees and shrubs about once a week. The flowers that are in the ground, I have a lot of perennials, uh, lots of, of uh, thyme, lawns, uh, things that are hardy but deeper rooted, I'm watering those things about twice a week. My container plants and vegetable gardens, you know, tomatoes, peppers, squash, uh, giant pumpkins, I'm watering those every day. And I'm watering generally early, early, early in the morning. So I've got my systems activating uh, usually three, four o'clock in the morning, And then I've got them all cycled through. They're just kind of one after the other as as they're programmed to run. I've got them pretty much finishing up about eight o'clock in the morning. I want to hydrate my plants before that heat of the day. Now, I don't know if it'll rain or not. When they say there's a 30, 40% chance of rain, that means 30, 40% of us We'll get rain. The other was others will get none. And it could be the neighbor right across the street. It's amazing to watch this sheet of water hit hit the ground and then where it where it goes. Now, some of this rain in the monsoons were famous for heavy downpours. It it flows down so fast that it fills up those dry creek beds, but it doesn't penetrate the ground. We need that slow, you know, it's it's raining for the next hour or two. That's perfect because now it it penetrates, saturates into the ground. These heavy thunderstorms just kind of hit all at once and then, you know, hail can be mixed in. The, the raindrops are like the size of quarters are just pounding on the rooftop, pounding on your car. These things usually will run off so fast they don't penetrate in the ground. They almost run and fill up the lakes, which which that's good. We need that too. But I'm thinking more about my gardens than I am about you know Watson Lake. But we need both. So so I would say the point being don't th- don't throttle back the irrigation quite yet until you really check how deep is that soil being being moistened. And so really you want for trees and shrubs you want water pushing down into that ground two, three feet into the ground. That's going to take a few thunderstorms, a few few afternoon rains. It's going to take a monsoon season for it really to hydrate the ground where where the forest is truly happy. And So keep it going. Don't let a little bit of moisture uh, fool you. Now, the good thing is humidity is off the charts. And so that's really what plants benefit from is a humidity level going from, from 10% humidity up to 30, 40 gooey percent. I mean, you could feel it sometimes. Oh my gosh. It was raining. When was that? On Thursday or whatever. I was coming into, uh, into the garage. It had been raining in the car. It was hot in the, in the garage. And so, and then ran in there, closed the garage door. Uh, so, so it keep the rain out. And then you go back in there like 30 minutes later, the motor's hot, the, the, uh, the garage was heated up more because it just seems to radiate heat some. And then it was humid from all that moisture and go, this feels like I'm in Atlanta, Georgia. It's just miserable. Your plants love that. There's two thoughts on plants. Some say that plants can only take in moisture and nutrients from the roots. Some scientists have studied this and they're saying it can take in some, although not regulated amounts. We don't know how much it takes in from the foliage. And so, some some groups will say you need to water your plants create a create a compost tea and hydrate your fertilize your plants through the foliage it's the best way they're going to respond better keeps bugs away keeps mildew away and other folks go don't waste your time it needs to be at the roots roots are what are designed to take in moisture and nutrients to focus in on there I I know that plants will absorb water and nutrients from the foliage. If you missed the foliage, let's say of house plants, they will be happier and they will take in some of that moisture. I think most of the work is done at the root level, but I've seen iron. I've seen calcium, liquid calcium. Uh, it's called yield booster. I put that on my tomato plants because it's a, it's a calcium. And so calcium and blossom end rot on tomatoes is terrible this time of year. So if you give it some calcium, it will actually keep that blossom end rot. I I spray the foliage. I don't spray the roots. So I know that it works. I know they're taking in some. I think where the scientists debate back and forth is how much. And I don't think anyone knows. I just know take care of your plants. Talk, touch, pray over them, play them Mozart, go out and just touch them, move around with them. I know they respond. You can see them respond. And so just take care of that. Tomatoes, you should be getting heavy blossoms right now. If you're not, you need to spray that plant. Anything in the garden that is not setting fruit right now, you should be spraying blossom, in, blossom set. They call them tomato and pepper blossom set. Just any any blossom set. You want to spray that plant, the foliage. So it takes in this blossom set from the foliage. It's not a pollinator. You don't spray the flowers. You're spraying the foliage. And that plant will start to actively set more flowers. What happens is, especially early in the monsoon, those gardens are just growing like crazy. They're feeding off all that manure and compost and nutrients you put in the ground when you first planted that plant. The rains come, the humidity goes up and it activates all this. So plants are happy and they've got the soil actively growing. They'll grow really fast right now. They, they almost grow so fast that they forget they're a, they're a vegetable. They're they, they literally forget they need to set fruit. So, so your tomatoes think they're like a tropical vine, not a tomato plant, as they're actively growing They're as tall as you are right now. Uh, if you spray blossom set on there, on the foliage, it gets them to rest, to take a break, to, to throttle back. It's a biological. You spray on there, it just just slows the plant down. gets the heartbeat to kind of, you know, breathe, count to four, breathing in. One, two, three, breathe out. One, two, three just breathe, to relax, take a breath, hold on. And then when it does that, it remembers, oh yeah, that's right, I am a tomato plant. I I should set poblano peppers. Oh, I should have pumpkin, squash, cucumbers. It's good on anything. And so you'll get more fruit if you spray it or blossom set. I spray mine every other week, right through the season. I don't just spray it, I I need more tomatoes now. I spray it throughout the season every couple of weeks, a couple times a month uh, through the season. So I'll get bigger fruits and more of them. The, the plant focuses in on making blossom production, fruit production, setting fruit and, and, and growing fruit. It gets it to do that more. So if you're not getting that, just get a bottle of blossom set, and it's a game changer. In fact, every other week, I spray blossom set one week, yield booster. I mentioned that liquid calcium the other week, and I do it on, on my whole all my plants. So I know tomatoes are famous for blossom end rot, but so are peppers, so are squash, and so that liquid calcium on the foliage is a game changer. Brings out the fruit flavor, the fruit size, and just gets rid of blossom end rot. So a blossom set one week. Yield booster to the next and just switch them off. We got a lot in store in this show. We got there's a lot of garden tasks. You can really get a lot out of your gardens. Just a few tips, tricks, and garden garden advice that we're gonna go deep into. So we gotta take a break. Be right back.
0: You've been listening to the Mountain Gardener with Ken Lane, owner of Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Join him every week for timely garden advice right for the gardens. Visit Ken where he can be found throughout the week at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Water's Garden companion plants for July are hibiscus, maple, verbena, and crepe myrtle. Crepe myrtle
1: flowers are intense watermelon pink, solar reds, and LED whites that cover this heat loving shrub.
0: Plant where you enjoy its beautiful multicolored bark and sinuous branches up close
1: the flowers show against forest green foliage that turns
0: red and orange in autumn growing to just head height every yard has room for at least one and only available for summer planting here at Waters Garden Center in Prescott wondering why the grass is always greener on the other side well it's probably because your neighbor used the all-purpose
1: fertilizer from Waters Garden Center monsoon is right around the corner and it's the perfect time to feed your
0: plants Waters All-Purpose Fertilizer is the only organic made especially for Arizona mountain soils. Don't buy a bunch of different fertilizer for your flowers, veggies, trees, or grass. This one does it all. The plants on your side will be happier, healthier, well,
1: greener. Safe, natural, organic. Waters Garden Center in Prescott.
0: You've been listening to Ken Lane, the mountain gardener. Green thumbs learned while working in the family garden center. Now welcome back to the mountain gardener.
1: And we are back with Lisa Waters Lane in the studio. She comes each week with your garden questions. Just what are your neighbors talking about? And we're here just to share some of those insights. So welcome to the studio, Lisa. Thank you. So you have a good time in the Middle East <laughs> with your turban wrapped. Uh, turban. <laughs> no, that wasn't no. that bad. <laughs> you don't have to wear burqas and that kind of stuff. No, no, no. Even hardcore Arab quarters we were there you don't have to wrap up you might have to cover your shoulders and stuff but it's not that extreme it's not like you think oh my gosh Mm -mm. they're very friendly very happy
0: no I felt very comfortable there um saw so many incredible things it's it's amazing
1: so tell people where where we went well we just got back from (laughs) I still got a little bit of jet lag but it's all good
0: (laughs) so we went to Israel our first time in Israel shalom (laughs) <laughs> and then we uh, crossed over into Jordan for a couple of days and did Petra. Um, so it was just, we saw all of Israel and Petra, and it was just a, a hopping trip. We saw was. a lot of things. We Traveled of up
1: things. to Amman, um, Jordan, mm-hmm. saw the largest Christian church in the middle of an Arab neighborhood. Right there, you got to worship with Mm -hmm. believers that were Arab. Kind of Mm a very, very cool, very unexpected. Crossed back over to the Sea of Galilee. Got to go on a cruise where uh, Peter, James, and John were all called. Come, follow me. I'll make you fishers of men. You know, that classic Mm -hmm. New Testament verse. Uh, We saw uh, Peter's house right there on the Sea of Galilee. That guy was a rich dude. That was a big house. You, you think he was say he's a poor fisherman? No, he was a rich <laughs> fisherman. He's left everything and follows. It's kind of an eye opener. Jerusalem is not what you think. You know, you're reading the Old Testament. You know, King David. This is Solomon building the first temple, the second temple. Temple. You got to to pray at the Western Wall with Ortho. You had to touch the wall, pray next to an Orthodox Jew. Right there. Very cool. Uh, but you got to see the temple, the original walls, the footers. It's just amazing. But when they say Jesus walked up to uh, Jerusalem, we're talking, it's like your neighborhood in Prescott. <laughs> he just walked up the hill. That's, he was across the ravine over there. So it's not It's not as big as at least my small Western mind with vistas, you know, 100 miles to the next town. I mean, you could see Bethlehem from Jerusalem it's just they didn't walk for miles and miles like going from Egypt it's like they just went to just down the road 8 miles or so True. so anyway just new perspective a,
0: a, yeah different perspective and new yeah. perspective to understand things better and just and so much history it's hard so hard to keep all the timeline yeah. straight yeah what timeline we were seeing with what you know it was just crazy.
1: they go old testament to new testament to Byzantine, too. And they just start spouting off stuff. They're just, I'm going. Yeah. And each one's like a thousand years from the other. <laughs> <laughs> Arizona, I think we just turned 150 years old. Yeah. <laughs> I think they're 15,000 over there or something. Right. Anyway, but it's good to be back. Though.
0: Definitely a trip people should take. Um, I felt very comfortable there. I felt safe. I didn't feel like it was in danger. So if people have the opportunity, they should go. Yeah. It really gives you a, a different world perspective as well. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, you got you yeah, I agree. So <laughs> so true. I don't even know how to add and make that better. You don't. Uh, other than we could go to a garden question, and see what oh, people okay. are uh, talking locally, because you know it's always good to come home. Yes. And we didn't lose that many plants. We always we, we always think part either. of traveling is yeah. is we will lose some plants, mm-hmm. but we didn't. Mm-hmm. Didn't it was they were they were better when we got they back. Were. We picked our first tomato when they we got were. back.
0: It's pretty exciting. It is. It is get exciting. tomatoes yeah. this year. <laughs> well, questions. Our first question is from Amy in Prescott. She wants to know what is causing all the holes in her hostas and hookahs. She's looked around for snails but didn't see any.
1: Well, Amy, you might have slugs. <laughs> so snails and slugs are what cause holes in hostas. That's the most classic, I would say, no doubt. Come into the garden center, get a bottle of, of snail bait, mm-hmm. snail and slug bait. We've got one that snail and slug and some other things, mm-hmm. so like roly-polies, earwigs. There's there's several things that can cause that. Two of the most uh, misunderstood types of insects are snail and slugs and grasshoppers. Mm-hmm. They both put holes in leaves. Grasshoppers are typically in a more sunny Type of plants mm-hmm. like sage, that kind of thing. Your herb gardens. They'll eat holes, but you don't see them. They're down underneath the foliage. Right. Snails and slugs, you don't see them because they're underneath the foliage. And they come out at night because they, they're bird bait, basically. Mm-hmm. They don't want to come out when the birds are out. They're coming out when no one's there. And so you typically don't see the damage, but almost guaranteed. Yeah. That's what it is. You need, And you can't let it go. Get on it because they will... They'll destroy. I mean, they just, they can destroy plants, make them look <laughs> terrible. So yeah. get on it. In the monsoon season, uh, one snail can lay a thousand eggs. Oh, my goodness. So they go from one or two to, oh, my gosh, where did they all come from? <laughs> overnight because of one slug, yeah. one snail. They're terrible. Oh, that's crazy. I didn't yeah. know that. That's it. Yep. Wow. Keep an eye out for even fighters. Even my lovely assistant learned something every time she's on the radio with her favorite <laughs> guy. Did I help you with that?
0: Sure. <laughs> hint, hint. So just a, a PSA, we had a customer come in today. It's the first ones I've seen of the season, but blister beetle.
1: Oh, really? They're early. Yeah.
0: Okay. So keep an eye out for those. They're a little gray. Sometimes they're gray speckled, but yeah. boy, can they defoliate. Yeah. A tree, a shrub, your garden almost instantly. You know,
1: I wondered because there's a symbiotic relationship between blister beetles and grasshoppers. Really? And I haven't seen as many grasshoppers. What happens, I what I hear when I talk to the bug gurus, that uh, blister beetles need grasshopper eggs to kind of feed off when they're in the lar- larvace age. And there's a, there's this, when there's a lot of grasshoppers one year, typically the following year, the blister beetles are, are worse. So there's kind of this Ooh. hem and haw Young, you know, you feng ying. shui, yeah, that whole thing between those two insects. So yes. I haven't seen that. I've seen some grasshoppers, but not yeah. like the ground is moving. But it's early for for bliss. I wonder if, and this is a this is a swarm, a cloud, like mm-hmm. biblical proportions, like in the Old Testament, clouds darken the sky and they land on your garden and they strip it clean. There's like a thousand beetles and they're they're and then they leave. So. You kind of got to be ready for them. You don't Mm -hmm. want to wait on that one because they'll strip it down in in two hours. They'll strip out the... Instantly. Yep.
0: Yeah. So keep an eye out for them. If you see them, you want to take care of them right away.
1: But you heard it here first. (laughs) Pestilence is coming. (laughs) No, not at all. Enjoy. (laughs) Okay. The show's out. We're out.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's talk about Charlie. He's in Chino. Last year, he had tons of peaches and cherries. Did very well. This year there is nothing. Yeah. He wants to sorry. Know. Did he do something wrong, or what
1: happened? Charlie, you did not do anything wrong. Um, it's just that frost. We we the, the fruit trees were were budding out, and they were actually in bloom. Some of them had fruited. So mm-hmm. some of your plums and apricots, nectarines, they would actually fruited, and then that frost came. Kind of in April, whenever that last frost, it was brutal. Yeah. Remember, we were discussing should we send a frost warning out to our core customers? Should we let them know? Should we warn people? I said no. And it's too, it's like borderline. It's not, it's not, <laughs> we don't want to cry wolf. And you're going, no, it's better to let people know than not to let them go. We're going, okay. Let it go. And then it was 19 degrees of some <laughs> ridiculous cold. And that's what took the frost. That the frost or that freeze took your peaches. And so if it was in bloom, it would freeze those flowers off and then you wouldn't get a set Mm -hmm. of fruit. If it had miniature fruits on it, it would freeze that fruit and then it would wither up and drop off. Just kind of like a, a, take a nice plum and put it in the freezer, let it freeze solid, bring it back out. What does it turn into? Mush. And so that's what happened on your tree. It turned all the blossoms and those fruits to mush. And Charlie, you're not the only one. Oh, no. All across the county, I mean, on both sides of the hill, mm-hmm. Cottonwood, Camp Verde, Sedona, up, up, up the, you know, Scottsdale, no Scottsdale, Skull Valley, <laughs> Kirkland, um, all the way up to you know Presca, Presca yeah. Valley, Chino. They all got frosted pretty hard. It was brutal, and that's what got it. It should be a beautiful tree.
0: Right.
1: Just enjoy it as a shade tree this year because right. you ain't gonna get no fruit.
0: You're not gonna be making peach no. this year. <laughs>
1: so, that's it for this segment, folks. We'll be right back. You are tuned in to The Mountain Gardener with Ken and Lisa
0: Lane. You're listening to Ken Lane, aka The Mountain Gardener. Ken can be found throughout the week in Prescott at Water's Garden Center. Listen each week as he answers timely garden questions unique to mountain gardens.
1: Waters' garden companion plants for July are hibiscus, maple, purple verbena, crepe myrtle, and pentas.
0: Pentas are a butterfly magnet with super sweet nectar produced in starry flowers on 12-inch stems.
1: She loves heat and wind with minimal care to keep the flowers coming.
0: The large clusters of vibrant, star-shaped flowers are stunning in pots and raised beds.
1: A superb flower that outperforms others as long as it's hot.
0: You'll only find heat-hardy pentas at Waters Garden Center in Prescott.
1: I hate weeds. Monsoon rains are so refreshing, even my landscape comes alive. But so do my weeds. Stop weeds in their track in one simple step. Waters Weed and Grass Stopper spreads like fertilizer but kills weed seed before monsoon rains allow them to sprout. No need to weed. It's safe for trees, even flower beds, and so much safer than that toxic waste the big box sells. Weed and Grass Stopper, and only found at Waters Garden Center in Prescott.
0: You've been listening to The Mountain Gardener with local expert Ken Lane. Join the conversation every week as he answers timely garden questions. Email Ken a question directly from your phone to his desktop through the web at watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two Ts, gardencenter.com. Now welcome back your host, Ken Lane. Some things you can do to really
1: bring the most out of your, really flowers. I'm a flower grower. I, I like flowers. I, I go out in the morning, I did head and I touch and I... It's therapy for me. I lose track of time just touching the flowers. I cut some flowers. I bring them indoors for flowers. I, I like watching the hummingbirds around the flowers. I put, draws in butterflies. Flowers. They're my thing. It's like my therapy. I grow vegetables. I've got pretty shrubs. I got ponds and waterfalls. I got all that. But really, if you if my heart were to settle on just one aspect of gardening, it would be flowers. I love flowers. I love the fragrance, the color, the the, the wildlife. They're beautiful. I love them in shrub form and in perennial form and annual form. I just do flowers. One thing that I'm doing with my flower gardens right now, especially the containers and the raised beds, is I'm going through and I, I'm deadheading or pinching off the old spent flowers on my, on my flowering plants. And then I'm fertilizing them. So some things got beat up by the frost, I might have even seen some hail. I've got some torn leaves on the plants, some flowers, they were brightly colored, now they're turning to seed. As a plant, as a flower, once it's done blooming and it pollinates, it now puts all of its energy on seed production. So it wants to reproduce itself. And so it will focus all of its energy, it will shut down. Once it's pollinated, it will absolutely shut down and stop blooming. To focus on seed. In fact, some plants can focus so much, the mother plant will actually sacrifice itself to to produce this seed. Actually, the whole plant will die. And so, but if you know that about plants, what you can do is after it's done blooming, let's say it's just the bees have done their thing and the flowers are pollinated, you can go through and pinch off that spent flower so the plant can't produce seed. It, it actually gets, it almost throws it into a tizzy. So the plant will go, oh my gosh, I, I was pollinating. I was going to focus on all my energy on seed. And, and now that flower's gone. Where did it go? I have no idea. Uh, uh, uh. I should bloom again. And it'll almost set two flowers, more flowers. If you simply pinch or deadhead those spent flowers off. This is a good idea on annuals Oh, anything that's an annual. That is, it blooms like crazy this year, then it dies in the winter. That's an annual. It also works equally as well on perennials, those things that come back year after year after year. Perennials kind of get a bad rap. They, the good rap is they come back year after year. That's a good thing. The bad rap is they bloom for a short period of time. The typical perennial flower, let's say Echinaceas, Gallardias, flowering flocks. There's, there's hundreds of them. Uh, most of them are, are in bloom at the garden center right now. The, the bad rap they get is they bloom for about six weeks and then they're just green. They have a shorter window of when they bloom unless you deadhead them. So I was showing off to a group uh, out at American ranch, uh, big shout out to you all. Well done. That was an energetic group. I went out to speak. Uh, when was that on Wednesday? And they were, we were talking about uh, fire wise landscapes and how to keep your evergreens healthy. So, bark beetle are getting into uh, pinion pine scale. There's some things taking out some of the evergreens. I said, here's how you protect them fertilize them, give them a, a drench, they'll be fine. And so, just but the energy and the reception, thank you all, you all were awesome. But I showed off a fanfare galardia, this is a perennial flower. It just blooms and blooms and blooms its heart out as long as you take the spent flower off of that. So I'd shared, pinch it, pinch the flower, the spent flower off so it doesn't go to seed and it will force new flowers right through the entire garden. From now through autumn, you have solid flowers. Starting in about September, October really, I'll let my perennial flowers go to seed at that point. There's two reasons I do this one i want my perennial flowers to spread these are these are wild flowers well they're going to have to go to seed to 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 start to spread to spill down that hillside to to walk across the garden they'll need the seed and so i'll let that last last set of flowers go into seed the second reason i do that is i'm a, gir- a bird gardener i love the birds i garden to bring in and attract more birds. So birds need water. I've got a water source. Birds need a place to roost and nest and feel safe and keep away from the cooper hawks and the other things that might get them. They want to feel safe. So I've got junipers and and some grapevines. I've got shrubs that they can kind of protect themselves and feel safe. They can roost and have, have families in my backyard. And then they need food, a food source. And all of your winter birds, most of them, they're actually eating seed. That's They're eating those seed from the summer and fall gardens. They peck through the winter and they just eat seed. Many of them are seed eaters, suppers, dinners, diners, <laughs> whatever they are. They eat the seed. I'll let those perennial flowers go to seed just to protect my winter birds, to keep them busy, to keep them near my garden so they always feel safe. And when they they, they just always want to be here in my gardens. So I put some of those echinaceas, galardias, I let them go to seed so they can spread throughout the yard and they're a food source for my birds through winter. I get a double benefit. Then in the Late winter, usually January, February, March, I'll go through and I'll cut them all back to the ground. Uh, Usually I'll take a weed whacker or something, just let the seed go flying everywhere. And then I'll just cut them back to the ground, and then they'll start to come back up from the ground fresh, just like perennials do. That's time to deadhead your flowers. Fertilize them to get the most out of them. Be right back after this.
0: The Mountain Gardener, your source for timely garden advice right for higher elevations. Guaranteed to make a difference in your yard this season. Some things are just better together. Which is the
1: best time to fertilize with all-purpose plant food from Waters Garden Center.
0: But pair the all-purpose with humic acid and it's a one-two punch of garden power.
1: Humic acid gives your soil organic matter that helps plants' roots receive water and nutrients.
0: So it makes fertilizer work even better.
1: Like salt
0: and pepper. Coffee and donuts. And hey, you and me. Aw, thanks Ken.
1: All-purpose plant food and humic acid better together and only at Waters Garden Center.
0: Waters Garden companion plants are maple, forbena, crepe myrtle, and rose of Sharon hibiscus.
1: Rose of Sharon is a mountain hardy hibiscus with anemone-like blooms.
0: Each stem of this hardy hibiscus is packed with buds.
1: She makes a beautiful informal hedge or screen and is easily trained into small trees.
0: Available Prescott colors show in blue, purple, white, red, and pink for years of enjoyment.
1: You'll find breathtaking hibiscus here at Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott.
0: You're listening to The Mountain Gardener with local expert, Ken Lane. Mountain gardening is very rewarding, with a few Ken's tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts sure to turn your thumbs even greener. Now, welcome back to The Mountain Gardener.
1: And we're back with Lisa Waters Lane in the studio. She comes and just shares her garden knowledge, just what is going on, a tidbit from a different perspective, other than a big man behind the airwaves of the, the microphone. <laughs> Plus, I like spending time in small spaces with my favorite gal, my travel buddy from Middle East, Israel. But we have some sad news. What's that? This week, uh, we launched a kid oh. out to Austin, Texas. <laughs> we lost one of our twins, our youngest daughter. We've got identical twin girls. We have four kids. The Oldest, uh, it lives in Austin, Texas. So there's a connection there, and they're they're very active. Mm-hmm. In fact, the good news I got for Father's Day just to share the good news. Are you supposed
0: to share? Uh, I, to
1: share? I can't remember. I didn't ask her, but I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> okay. Whether everyone knows her, why not? It'll be by. It'll be anyway. Uh, my daughter, <laughs> oldest daughter, called me on Father's Day and said, "Dad, I want you to be the first one to know. This is your Father's Day gift." I'm pregnant. So we're going to be grandparents. Yay. Again. So again, yeah, well, we've got three with, with our son. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's good. <laughs> but the newest grand grandchild's always the bestest. Always I don't know. Uh, the first and the newest.
0: Now, we like exciting. them all. So yeah, big we're changes. Excited. Yeah, Megan moved to Austin.
1: Yeah, that's our um, second. That's our one of our twins. She's mm-hmm. got a boy that lives in Nolanville, which is up by Waco. He's Fort Hood. He's an army captain. Uh, serves there. We're very proud of him. And then uh, he's he's married with with three kids. Our, our oldest is in Austin, just got pregnant uh, and married. Thank goodness. And then our identical <laughs> twin girls. Uh, one is here, Mackenzie is is mm-hmm. we're looking to take over the business. She's training. And her twin sister, they just did the sisterhood road trip to Austin. They're driving together. Uh, Megan got her all set up in her apartment and now she's going to come back home and Work, sell some more plants. Hurry up, get busy. <laughs> so anyway, it's kind of sad to see your kids go off hey, to the big city.
0: They're doing what they're supposed to be doing.
1: well wow, If you guess, if you raised them right, that's yeah. a good way to look at. It. Still, kind of, a miss her already.
0: Oh yeah. So
1: this this town is this Prescotts. You, you know your kids. <laughs> this town's too small. I gotta go get to do something. Then you go out for a while, yeah. and you realize, you know what? My town's a pretty awesome place, and mm-hmm. they seem to come back quite a bit.
0: They
1: do. So, uh, garden tips. No more sad news.
0: No more sad news.
1: If you get, if you feel too sad and down, just garden just more. Just garden more. Yeah, you know,
0: there is a lot to that. There is. I'm People telling you. have been so full of strife and angst and anxiety, and I know there's weird stuff going on in the world, but just go out into your garden. Go deadhead some plants, go talk to some plants, go have a sip of wine out there. It just makes the world a much better place. It makes you a happier person.
1: (laughs) How can you not enjoy a butterfly on a flower and Mm -hmm. not think life is awesome? How can you not see God? I mean, that's Mm -hmm. one of you go, you can go that spiritual or just appreciate nature. Mm -hmm. It doesn't stress it just it's turned your doggone phone off. It's got a terrible news feed. You'll just feel terrible. Go in the garden. And talk to hummingbirds, Mm. pet the dog, plant a plant. You You will feel better.
0: So they should plant a summer blooming plant. Is that
1: what we're talking about? (laughs) I was setting you up. I'm glad
0: you took it. Oh, thanks, dear. (laughs) Yeah, so summer bloomers. So we're all out in our yards in the mornings and the evenings, and we're enjoying um, our beautiful yards. But it's nice to have some blooming summer shrubs out there. Yeah definitely. So there's a wide variety actually that you can choose from. Um, Most of them pretty much love the sun, those sunny spots. They can take some shade, but they do like the sun.
1: Yeah. Um, So so full sun's considered six plus hours, five, six hours or more. So it could be just morning sun. That's enough to make a blooming shrub really come to a lilac mm-hmm. or something it makes it right. make them just shine
0: i agree so instead of bringing the whole plants this time i just brought the blossoms not bringing a
1: six <laughs> foot plant shrub out here to show off on the in the studio i
0: thought hey i'll save myself time. It yeah. smells delicious so this is it's a rose it's the just joey rose this is actually off one of our rose trees that yeah. we have out there which I love the rose trees, and they look amazing in pots or in the ground, however you want to use them. Uh, But this one's just joey, and it's kind of a little peachy apricot one. It is. It it smells like a spicy
1: apricot. It smells delicious. It is.
0: So it's one of my favorites that I saw out there. Can I just have that and smell it while
1: you're talking about your next (laughs) one? If you must. Nothing like a big man smelling a pretty rose. (laughs) Ah, Yeah,
0: smells good. And then these are Rose of Sharon. So Rosa Sharon, also known as hibiscus, in, in our neck of the woods. These are ones that are winter hardy. Okay. So they're going to, they'll go dormant in the wintertime, but they can take our cold and come back. Now, there are some hibiscus that are not, where they're more tropical. Yeah, um, Great for indoor plants or summer plants, but they're not going to winter over for you. Um, but these definitely do. And that one's a robot. I can't remember all the names of them now. There's probably like five different blooming ones out there. I think that's Bluebird,
1: isn't it? I'm pretty sure. No? It's not Bluebird. Uh, we got so many. We must have a dozen varieties. But uh, all of them have a six-inch flower, Mm -hmm. multiple petals, Classic hibiscus, double, yeah, double flowers or yeah. single flower petals.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, and a white one, it's good. It's a pretty one. Now, you have one. to remember, you're showing this off on the screen for the video, <laughs> folks, know. watching the vlog. But well,
0: that'll make this them is broadcast over vlog.
1: seven anten- <laughs> terrestrial antennas. You got to so, describe it with so words. It's
0: pretty blue. Yeah, you probably, I mean, the whole plant will be covered with blooms. Oh, yeah, hundreds. Hundreds of blooms. Yeah. Um, and most of them, most of the shrubs are probably, what, a six to eight foot. Easily
1: kept chest high. Yeah.
0: Yeah, above head high or so. You want. Yeah, but this is their bloom time, and boy, are they spectacular when they bloom! Just that real tropical-looking little flower, different colors. You get the whites with the dark centers, purples with the dark centers, but you definitely need one in your yard if you like that color bloom. Those do very. I mean,
1: nicely. dear, we we own a garden center. You should tell them they definitely need two. <laughs> in the yard well maybe they're beautiful they are they're gorgeous it's one of the only hardy hibiscus i did show off at the class the uh hibiscus Ah, yes which is that great big foot wide flower flower. traditional uh uh, hibiscus we've got those but it dies back to the ground like a perennial Mm -hmm. rests underground then comes back fresh Mm -hmm. four foot of growth with these humongous flowers Mm -hmm. this flower is a is a shrub the rose of sharon Mm -hmm. also looks like same kind of flower just smaller but it doesn't die back to the ground. It keeps its shrub form. Um, anyway.
0: <laughs> so the other one is crepe myrtles. So crepe myrtles are those really bright flowers that out people have out there in their landscapes. They come in purples and pinks and whites and dark reds. And, and the colors are just vibrant. Very, very. Are
1: you done? <laughs> having fun with the camera.
0: People can't see that. <laughs> I know. No, like well, so the big. people that
1: are listening to the vlog, they can <laughs> see it. I, a lot of folks are tuning in up to mm-hmm. that. So I'm entertaining both.
0: Okay. So great myrtles love a nice, warm spot out in your yard. that nice warm heat spot. Um, they're again to go dormant, but boy, they bloom a long time throughout the summer And the colors. you can spot them off. Oh, yeah. yards away. you can they spot them They get the
1: brightest of the colors, mm-hmm. like a fluorescent right. red fluorescent white, if that's even a thing. It's just super intense white with this darker foliage mm-hmm. that just shines in the in the yard. Mm-hmm. And all of these are the that summer through autumn. Bloom cycle. Mm-hmm. So your spring bloomers, they're done. So yeah. lilacs, they're done. Forsythia, they're done. They're just green blobs out there now. They're pretty, <laughs> but they their blooms done. Yeah. These are ones that take over. They're the next transition. Mm-hmm. They bloom from now through uh, the end of the year. Right. End into, of into autumn. Definitely.
0: And I also brought a Caryopteris, which is also known as bluebeard sometimes. False spirea. Um, it's got Phyrea. a lot of names. Yeah. Actually very deer resistant. Yeah. Uh, so, if you have deer issues, but these, another one that just loves it hot. Yeah. I mean, use these a lot in parking lots. You'll see them out in parking lots because they can just take of a lot of abuse. And,
1: I noticed and the butterflies camping. love them. Mm-hmm. Great They're pollinator. pollinator. Plant. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Great so, pollinator. spireas, what is this? A, a, a butterfly bush, a chased tree. These mm-hmm. are all have that similar color blue, mm-hmm. just different heights that they. they right. So, chased tree is the big one,
0: mm-hmm. 10,
1: 12 feet. And butterfly bush can be a head high, and then this one's about hip high or so. Mm-hmm. So
0: it's yeah. a great one. And just profuse with blooms oh, yeah. it's in bloom. Speaking of uh, the chase tree.
1: Oh, you brought, brought chase too. too. So
0: this is the bloom off of a regular chase tree, which sometimes I know they also get called uh, summer lilacs. But this is a new one out. See the color on the leaves yeah, beautiful. as well as the bloom? So this one's called flip side.
1: So it's, uh, it's a... Darker foliage with a Mm -hmm. violet-colored flower. Very pretty. It's just intense. Great, great choices, Lisa, we are out of time. Sorry about Mm -hmm. that. We should keep going. But Lisa, are you you done now? (laughs) (laughs) Lisa, Ken and Lisa Lane, the Mountain Gardeners, be right back after this.
0: Look for more tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts through Ken's website, podcast the show, read his weekly garden column, or follow him on Facebook and Instagram at watersgardencenter.com. That's Waters with two Ts, GardenCenter.com. 300,000? Imagine a landscape needing 300,000 trees, wow. But that's
1: exactly how many trees Frederick Olmsted planted in New York's Central Park.
0: That guy liked
1: trees, me too. A 2014 study found the more trees in a neighborhood, the lower
0: the incidence of heart disease. Darwin, Einstein, and Beethoven hung out with trees to help them think. Trees are part of nature that helps us relax, daydream, and feel happier. Plant your own central park from Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Waters Garden companion plants for July are hibiscus, maple, crepe myrtle, and purple verbena. Purple verbena is
1: mountain famous for gorgeous summer-long flowers held over compact
0: green. This purple bloomer loves bright gardens, summer heat, and grows best in poor soils with less water. Go ahead and abuse this bloomer. You can't kill it. The perfect native perennial for easy summer long flowers. You'll only find the toughest verbena here
1: at Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott.
0: Welcome to the Mountain Gardener with Ken Lane. Gardening in the mountains is different. Listen to Ken's tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts guaranteed to make your gardens more beautiful than ever this year. Now, for better advice that works locally, welcome your host, Ken Lane.
1: There is such a huge opportunity to garden, to get the most out of your landscape, with just one key thing you can focus on. Right now, as the monsoon rains, as the moisture go, you know starts to flow, so we've got a, a wet cycle here in northern Arizona that typically starts the end of June. July 4th is what the locals kind of use. Oh, it's going to rain. It's going to be humid. It's going. We're going to get moisture. We just don't know how much starting July 4th through September, really. We've got a couple, two, three months of this. And so it's the, the, the gardens, they know this too. And so they're waiting for the moisture, the humidity, the cloud cover, the clouds alone to get your landscape out of the sun, that blistering, hot, mile-high, UV rays, the the, the moisture with that cloud cover is that's enough right there to make your plants grow. But if you if you get some moisture, some rain, rain is like the perfect neutral water source. It's got there's something about rainwater that's just better for the gardens. That and if you get some lightning, uh, did you know that as lightning goes through the air, it burns the air. It actually strikes there's actually some carbon molecules that get let go and are induced into, infused into the rainwater. So as that rain comes, it's the perfect pH. Your tap water is very high in alkalinity. It's kind of harsh. Yeah, the plants will take it if they have to, but they'd rather have rainwater. But then you infuse that with some carbon, some some lightning rich a burned air that gets infused into this water, and then you water your plants in, you can literally watch the plants green up and just celebrate. The lichens on the north side of the trees will just start to glow. The lichen on the rocks. I was up at the Grand Canyon uh, last year. Now that we're getting some rain in the middle of the canyon, you could watch the canyon walls start to light up. There's no rain, but the humidity, a, a storm was coming up the canyon actually kind of frightening. I was out out there by Indian Gardens exposed and there's a lightning storm coming in the canyon up at you. But you could watch. It was like magic. The canyon was alive. The lichens just started to light up going, I know it's coming. It's so exciting. And so they they just feel that moisture and that fertilizer. But if you can add to that some actual plant food, some granular grant food now now let's let's get this, sort this thing out this gets really confusing you do do a Google search you know Siri tell me about plant food what's the best plant food you'll get whatever the marketers are are paying you to, to see you don't necessarily get the right information so liquid foods are not what you want to use right now so miracle grow uh, all these I'm gonna take a scoop add it to my water and it's gonna go through my my water. It's gonna go through the roots through my water. That's not what you want. And the reason being it flushes through the soil so fast. So it's liquid. You add it to your water, add it to your soil, it's liquid, it's moving through the soil. Then you get some afternoon rain, your irrigation's going off, you add even more moisture, much of that food will push through the root zone or even get lifted up out of the garden and wash down the the the, the dry washway, which is even worse. We're polluting waterways with chemical fertilizers, uh, they're, too, they're too liquid. They don't stay there long enough for the plant to pick up most of that food. What you want to use right now are granular foods. So you put them through your hand spreader and you just chuck them around underneath your drip line of your trees, your shrubs. This is what you really want to use. Even with that, uh, you, you stay away from chemical fertilizers. So your petroleum-based, you know, Scots, Uh, miracle Grow, Turf Builder, you know all the big names. These are all chemical foods. They're typically made from petroleum-based products. They're probably going up off the charts in price because it's it's petrol-based. But but many of those are, again, they break down very quickly. Typically, the average chemical fertilizer is going to break down in about 30 days if it's really wet little faster. So a lot of the food gets wasted. You're better off using all organic or all natural foods. These are going to be your your cottonseed meals and your bird guanos and bone meals and meat meals and feather meals. There's all these different organic types of of plant foods that as water hits them, they at that point they start to break down. They break down much slower. So we make a couple different organic foods here and so every time water hits that over the next three months a little bit of food gets released every time so the plant can absorb all of that food none of it's wasted because right there you can focus the granulars right there where the roots are and then it breaks down very slowly. So this is what plants need here. They need food because your yard does not have any plant food in There's nothing redeeming about your dirt in your yard, very rarely. So maybe you old old farms out in Chino Valley, maybe. But most of us have terrible dirt. It's crazy. It's it, it's awful. There's no food, there's no organics, there's no worms. nothing there that's why you want a food that's organic that releases over a much longer period of time than let's say other parts of the country like like uh, michigan wisconsin iowa you've got eight foot of topsoil you've got lots of nutrients you have years of nutrients sitting there in the landscape you don't have to fertilize as often here we, we have eight millimeters if that of, of organics or nutrients in the soil, and the plants use it up very quickly. So you need to fertilize more often here than you would other places. And this is a time. Use the all-purpose plant food. That's what I was using. It's a 744 all-purpose, all-natural plant food. We make it here at the garden center. It's a special recipe. It's got iron, so it greens things up. It's got sulfur, lowers the pH. It's got cottonseed meal, which brings out the flowers. It's got bird guano, which gets you additional green foliage. On that lawn, on that flower, on that tree, on that shrub, on your tomatoes, whatever it is, gets you more green growth. But in addition to that, I've already I've already fertilized my entire yard. I put all-purpose plant food on everything. Uh, okay, I can't say that. I'm gonna give me my personal all-purpose plant food on all my trees and shrubs, my edible things. I used a vegetable. A fruit and vegetable food. I make a special one just for edibles. has more calcium in it. So I've got that on my edibles. Everything else, the pine trees, the spruce, the, the flowering shrubs, the lilacs, the, the burning bush, the, the everything else, got the all-purpose plant food. They're both granular. I put them in the hand spreader. I just walk around the yard. In addition, I gave everything humic or humic acid humic is a granular again it's an organic if you take compost and you break it down to the very last element you get humic acid it it encourages plants to root out faster stronger deeper farther out and so plants have been stressed out the heat just got of the drought has got them really stressed out i need more roots on those things and so i'm giving them humic to encourage additional roots then the food will actually activate and be pulled in more to that plant. You'll get a larger uh, shade tree. You'll get better flowering uh, desert willows. You'll get better fall color by fertilizing now that way. It'll be a game changer. Really, if your sycamores got torn up and just beat up by that frost in April and then wind whipped, give it humic and all-purpose plant food in, in three, four weeks. It'll be a totally different plant and some monsoon rain, totally different plant. Here's one other little secret I do just just for me. My name's Ken. We're just friends. We're talking over the back fence. We're neighbors. And here's some gardening tips that are really making a difference in my gardens. I think it'll help you too. I'm giving my my blooming summer plants, uh, mainly Russian sage, autumn sage or salvias, things that are that are in full bloom, and I want more flowers out of them, I'm giving them a handful of super phosphate, 0180. Zero, zero. That middle number is what forms fruits and flowers. You want more flowers, give them super phosphate. And so I want my salvias to be not just a few red flowers a hummingbird's love. I want them to be covered. I want the shrub to be red, more flowers than foliage. I'm doing that. So your Rose of Sharon, over the top, crepe myrtles. I can't believe they're that bright, the colors. Uh, I'll give them some superphosphate. Just a little bit. It's just a little bit goes a long ways with that. But that really brings out the flowers. And I really focus the super phosphate on the blooming things. And that's it. Uh, you're, you're, it'd be a waste on evergreens or on privacy screens or on red tip botany. It'd be total waste. But on blooming things, whoa, stand back. You can have more flowers. You know what to do with it. It'll be amazing.
0: You're listening to local garden expert Ken Lane, the owner of Waters Garden Center. He can be found throughout the week at Waters Garden Center, located in Prescott, 1815 Iron Springs Road. Thanks for tuning in to The Mountain Gardener. Plants are a lot like puppies. They need care, water, and food. You wouldn't forget to
1: feed your puppies, so don't forget to feed your plants.
0: Water's 744 All-Purpose Plant Food is a gourmet meal for your plants.
1: The only food for Arizona plants for the nutrients they need for big blooms, a hefty harvest, and tremendous
0: trees all naturally. It's time to feed your plants with 744 All-Purpose Plant Food from Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Hi, Ken, with our Vine of the Week and our Arizona Sunset Trumpet Vine. Huge, deep red flowers cluster to create a dramatic summer show. This vigorous
1: vine thrives and blooms with near neglect.
0: Fast growing to cover chain-link fence, shade structures, and trellis quick.
1: Easy to train as a ground cover up a rock face to hold soils from erosion, and just $34.
0: Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott, where people who love vines that bloom red, they love to shop. You've tuned in to The Mountain Gardener with local garden expert, Ken Lane. Join him each week as he answers timely garden questions that are sure to make a difference in your gardens. Now welcome your host, Ken Lane I have
1: a big shout out to Brianya Hinkle of Prescott Woman Magazine. We've been writing for her. My wife is a, is a contributing columnist to that magazine for the past 17 years that's been around forever so each issue you'll see a garden column from lisa waters lane different topics just usually bright and colorful happy it's a magazine and it's it features all the power women or or just the women of influence in our community she does such a great job but what she did in addition so last week she had what's called a cash mob and i'd never really Heard of a cash mob? This is a new phenomena, cultural thing. And she's taken this uh, up as her duty to help her friends do better. And so, she, what you do is you take two businesses that are kind of comparable, compatible, and then you have your groups kind of meet at one and then migrate to the other. So, you're kind of helping each other. It's a tag team thing. And so, we, we were part of the cash mob that she promoted us. And she went down to Mark's Beer Garden. And you could walk to our two companies just right here. It's a great little brewery right down the street here in Four Beans Park. It's it's real close. and Great, just relaxing outdoor. You know, the kids could roam around and play cornhole. And it was just fun. They could run around the garden center and play tag after hours. And so I thought, I don't know about this. There's one more thing to do. I'm staying late for an hour and a half. I'm not even sure, but a friend asks you, would you do me a favor and let's, let's try this. And I went good enough for me. Let's try it. So you keep the staff open, you keep the doors open and it really worked. The community came in for that. It was, it was wild. It was small, but very intimate. And and a garden center. So here at the garden center, we close up to 5, 5.30. But that, that, that sunset in the evening, the gardens become alive. They perk up. So the hummingbirds become more active. There's more butterflies. It's the, the sun sets behind the greenhouse. It's like this glow. It's beautiful. It's my favorite time here at the garden center. Just beautiful. Many times when I've had a stressful day. I'll just come back to the garden center after we're closed. The pressure's off and just sit down and relax. And so to be able to share that with with customers or, or the community is, is kind of a fun thing too. And, and they bought stuff. It stayed open for an hour and a half. And then they went back to uh, down to Mark's Beer Garden and then went down and had a fun time. We went down too, had a pizza, just kind of enjoyed it. But thank you, Brianna, that was a great idea. If you've got any other ideas, you've got a friend. I'm here for you. So we wanted her to look good, the magazine to look good, Mark's beer garden to look good, and then if that, if we, if you do that, if you make sure everyone else around you succeeds, you naturally succeed as well. I just something about that. If you give, you'll give, you'll get back sevenfold. There's some biblical things about that. that just really does play out. I think that's a universal law that God kind of set into things. If you're generous, you will succeed. And it may not be financial. Success is not just money. I think that's an American thing. It's, it's friendships and, and community and, and, and a feeling. It's, it's walking into your pharmacist and you see a friend behind the counter. That, that's success. That's Prescott, Arizona, and that's what we try to build up. And so thank you for doing that. Classes, garden classes, we should feature that too. Free garden classes every Saturday at 930. This weekend, it's Gardening for Newcomers. It's a big one. So it's it's all the insider tips on, if you're new to the area, how to do it. Next week, it's grapes and berries. How do you get more pomegranates and figs? I'm sure we'll cover that. How do you get more out of the food production? And then pests july 16th that's that saturday how do you watch for which bugs i'm sure gophers will come up now there's a lot into that but take a look you can go to watersgardencenter.com the front page it's got a classes button please join us we want you to be a better gardener this year
0: we believe in picking apples and pears fresh from the tree at waters garden center
1: hi ken here with the plants of the week and our arizona cypress
0: If you want low-maintenance natives, easy care, and reduced water use, then this is the evergreen for you.
1: When planted in rows, they block the wind, traffic noise, and make the perfect privacy screen.
0: Comes in an Arizona blue,
1: easy to grow, and prefers
0: monsoon planting.
1: Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott, where people who love native evergreens, they love to shop.